What is up, everyone? Welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night here on Dallas On The Man Sports Talk Network at 8 p.m. Central. And as always, reminding you that throughout the entire offseason, you can check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for insightful Cowboys articles and a little bit more than that. Thank you for being here. Do me a favor and smash the like button. Tonight on the show, we will discuss what could be the biggest strength that the Cowboys are wasting. And I know Cowboys Nation is constantly and consistently frustrated by the way the Cowboys approach team building. A lot of a lot of time spent by Cowboys Nation complaining about that, and rightfully so. But I believe that there's a recent recent conversation around the NFL world that perfectly reflects what the problem is with the Dallas Cowboys and how they approach all of the team building side of things. Now, let's dive into it. I was going to open the show with a, uh, another different news, but I will save that for later. The question for you guys in the chat is what is one word to describe the Cowboys team building approach? Because maybe in the 90s, Jerry Jones was willing to spend big money and big free agents and all of that. Since then, that has changed. And the Cowboys have been very consistent in their philosophy of building through the NFL draft. They do not spend big money in free agency. But I believe that it's not even not getting the big names that bothers Cowboys fans. It's more about not signing basically any free agents that are not bargain deals like the James Washingtons of the world or even the Dante Fowlers of the world. What is one word to describe the Cowboys team building approach? Craig says sad. Michael says backwards. Craig says cheap. We've got primetime field chiming in with the stubborn, which I like. That's, I was trying to think of, about uh, of another word. I think that both primetime and Michael kind of nailed it, though, with the stubborn. So I will just jump on the bandwagon and use that word as well. Lumen says achieving. Here's the thing. This is where it gets worse. The salary cap has been manipulated by multiple teams in the NFL. But here's the, here's the thing about manipulating the, the salary cap. You, ha you have to have money to do so. And we'll actually take a look at a couple of clips tonight by, uh, from the Pat McAfee show, which is a weird coincidence that both topics that we will touch on uh, had Pat McAfee clips that we could use. But this is Andrew Brandt, former Packers general manager, explaining a concept that a Cowboys front office just fails to grasp and that is the term cash over cap it might sound pretty obvious where this is going but i think that andrew brand really breaks it down in a pretty simple way and i want to open this topic up with his thoughts on this topic so here it is let's look at this clip from the pat mcafee show andrew something that we talk about all the time on here is the salary cap and we say how oh, it's not real and people tell us oh but you you kick the can down the road, you eventually have to pay. But we haven't really seen a team have to pay. Like, what are we seeing right now with the salary cap? 
Let's talk about the Rams. We talk about the Donald deal. He's getting a 33 average over the next three. That's quarterback money. That's impressive. He goes from 45 over the next three years to 100 million over the next three years. Good deal. Like, like wow. And then the question gets to what you asked, Age. What are the Rams doing? And here I'm going to give you a little salary cap 101. You guys ready? And there's a quiz. Okay. What they do is something called cash over cap. In other words, they can pay extraordinary amounts of cash yet stay under the cap. Stay with me here. Signing bonuses are prorated for cap purposes. So if you give a guy a bonus, it's prorated over the life of the contract. You keep the first year number low. You keep the salary low and the cap goes up in later years. But you're staying under the cap while giving out a lot of cash. Now, cash-rich owners like Kroenke, like Walton will to come, like Jerry Jones, they can do this. Other markets can't. And that's the key part of it. I think that by now, fans of the NFL really understand the prorated bonuses and how they work. But here are the three big things that, in my opinion, you need to understand to fully grasp the cash-over-cap conversation and the cash-over-cap philosophy. There are three big points. Number one, it's all based on prorated bonuses because that way you lower the current number, the current cap hit, and you push it a little bit further. You push it for the upcoming years and it will not affect you in the current year. Now, something that it's not talked about often enough, but Tom Pelissero from NFL Network pointed it out on the show uh, last earlier this week, I believe, is that the Rams are getting these deals done early. So they're not waiting for their players' contracts to expire or be about to expire in order to negotiate a deal. No, they're, they're pulling these moves off when the player has two years left on his deal, right? So there's an element to that that the Cowboys simply do not follow because we know that the Cowboys negotiating tactics are governed by the waiting game. And that is a major deal in this whole conversation when you're talking about the Cowboys. The Rams are getting these deals done early or other teams around the league that are being labeled as the geniuses of the salary cap. Not only the Rams, but you can also think about the Saints and all of that. There's a commit to that, and that is the fact that you could be wrong, and the Rams were wrong about Jared Goff, about Todd Gorley, because they paid them, and then it didn't work out for them. So there, to be fair, there is some risk to that. And then the third point, and A.J. Hawk opened that segment with Andrew Brandt by posing this question. He talked about kicking the can down the road, but we've never gotten to a point in which a team is in true cap hell because of kicking that can down the road. The salary cap at the end of the day is an accounting system. And that's what happens with the prorated bonuses, right? You're paying a player in cash $10 on year one, but maybe you're just accounting for two of them in the salary cap on that specific year. All of those $10 will be accounted for at some point in the salary cap. That might be in four years, in three years, whatever it is, but at some point they will be accounted for. But if the NFL is seeing these insane increases in revenue, then owners can feel confident 
that they can just continue to kick that can down the road. And maybe it's somewhat of an endless game because as long as those revenues are coming in, it's not like a team will be in cap hell at any moment. Now, as Andrew Brandt pointed out, not every market can do this. But Jerry Jones, according to Pro Football Network, uh, no, it wasn't Pro, no, it was ProFootballNetwork.com. They put together some research and they ranked the owners from richest to poorest, right? I mean, poorest between quotation marks, because I don't believe you can be an NFL owner by being poor. But Jerry Jones was ranked fifth in this list. And that was before Rob Walton purchased the Denver Broncos. So if you've got one of the richest owners in the NFL that could have the luxury of playing the cash over cap game. And instead of that, instead of that, we're getting a very conservative front office approach in which it's all about or, or seemingly all about taking care of the salary cap. But once again, the, the cash over cap philosophy is what the Rams and other teams are doing. And it's a philosophy that that gives you a competitive edge and that not every team has access to it. The Cowboys do have access to it. They just refuse to play the game. That is a little bit frustrating. That is a little bit frustrating. Uh, Gregory says, Mo, I read this article today earlier. I believe it was mine, actually. I, I wrote about this for adcsports.com slash Dallas. So thank you to Gregory for, for reading the article. I, I probably will be writing a lot more of those uh, in the future. Kevin Knight says, Stephen is holding us back. And Jerry Jones is out of touch. I feel bad for Will McClay. Will McClay, by the way, Got, and maybe we'll talk about this sometime next week. Will McClay was ranked by Robert Mays from The Athletic as the top 10 general manager in the league. Even if he doesn't have that title officially. Toxic Tom says, but remember, Mo, Jerry would do anything to win a Super Bowl. What a clown. And hey, I'm thinking about Skywalker Steel's face when, when he said, this morning, like, yeah, well, then let him do something, right? If he wants to win that Super Bowl, which I also kind of believe that he truly does want to, even though he might not be finding the way to do it. <laughs> but it is crazy to me that you have access to such a big competitive advantage and you're not executing it, right? And I will give you an example. I think it was the Raiders. Yeah, it was the Raiders. Do you remember why the Raiders traded away Khalil Mack? They literally could not pay the guy. So they, they, the owner really didn't have the money, enough money required to pay Khalil Mack. And it's not like he didn't have the contract value. And I, I will apologize because I don't remember the rules in the NFL, the exact rules, but there is, a, there is a certain amount that if you're going to pay a player, you need to put into escrow. So you need to have even more money than the contract that you're going to pay out in order to sign these contracts. Now, this is a specific operational detail of the league maybe, but remember that there were reports on 
the Raiders letting Khalil Mack go to the Chicago Bears specifically because of this reason. And that just gives you an idea as to how, yes, every owner in the NFL is rich, but there are some that can play the cash over cap game and there are some that can't. Sam Monroe coming in in the clutch saying they had to put all the guaranteed money in escrow. All right. Thank you. I, I, I didn't remember if it was the guaranteed money or, or if it was like a multiple of the total value of the contract. Uh, so thank you to Samuel Rowe for, for clearing that up for me because I forgot about it. Uh, Professor O says, I'm 100% confident that I could manage the cap with ease. I agree. Honest, honestly, Professor O, I agree with you. you. You need to pick up a copy of the Crunching Numbers book. You need to read it cover to cover, and then you're ready to go. Only the teams with the richest owners have true access to the cash over cap game. The Cowboys have access to it. They refuse to pay it. And that's what frustrates me personally about the way that this front office operates. And I will tell you something. Uh, we were on, on ADCSports.com. I wasn't the only one that took this angle for an article. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers put an article on this same cash over cap conversation. The Nashville side also did it. You know what the Titans angle was? The Titans angle was the Titans cannot play this game. <laughs> and I would have felt better putting together that article than putting together an article for the Cowboys saying, oh yeah, they could if they wanted to. But they apparently either do not want to because of money reasons, or maybe they're just stubborn, arrogant, and some of the other words that you guys threw around there in the chat earlier. And that's why they're not, you know, doing it. And I will close this segment of the show with the following question. Is the salary cap real or myth in your opinion? Let me know what you think. Is the salary cap real or myth? Because that's one of the rallying cries of NFL Twitter lately, just saying that, oh, yes, salary cap is a myth. Why it's only football relaxed, they're spoiled rotten, says Craig. <laughs> Let's see, Lumen goes with the myth. Craig says it's real, but there are ways around it. How are you going to say money reasons and buy a jack the size of a stadium, says Toxic Tom. It's real, says Professor O, but it's super fluid. Myth for space, Matt. Gregory goes with mid. Michael with a little of Bode. <laughs> Prime time say, oh, it's real. It's real BS. Derek with the real. What is up? I love we Thank you for joining the show. So it's real. The salary cap, the thing is, it is real. But it's just super easy to manipulate. And it's just an accounting system. And it doesn't have anything to do with the cash paid to the players. So there is a clear advantage for those teams that have more money. If they want and if they choose to take advantage of it. But there you go. Now, before we move on, before we move on to the next topic, uh, well, Todd Cook here says, real but with contracts pushing money in the future and rising cap, it's easy to manipulate. And that's the major thing. So just to recap before we move on, 
just to recap, the three things to understand about cash over cap is it's all based on prorated bonuses, which I feel like we all know by now. You need to get these deals done early. You cannot wait for the player's contract to be about to expire because then there's not a, a lot of reasons for a player to sign the deal in the first place. And to be aware that kicking the can down the road might just be an endless game as long as those revenues for the league keep increasing at a consistent and continuous pace. So there you go. I wanted to get that out of my system because I was a little bit frustrated when writing that article that Gregory uh, that Greg, that Gregory mentioned in the chat earlier tonight. But now on to some good news, and maybe a lot of people won't care for this news, but I think it's a little bit exciting. The Dallas Cowboys, did, well, actually Dallas, the city, were chosen to be one of the host cities for the 2026 Soccer World Cup. So if you are in the Dallas area, better be on the lookout for some World Cup games. Now, I believe even if you're not into soccer, that's kind of a bucket list item for pretty much every sports fan. And you might not be willing to travel around the world to go watch a World Cup game, but if it's in your area, heck yes, I would love to go to one. Uh, the AT&T Stadium was chosen as one of the sites. And I love this quote by Jerry Jones. So hey, after criticizing the Joneses for the first segment of the show, I will give them some love here because I love this quote by Jerry. He says, the longer I'm in sport, the more I realize how important soccer is to this world. When we built the stadium, it was to have great, great events. And it wasn't just American football. And by the way, a little bit of a fun fact for you guys. The first event in the AT at AT&T Stadium, then Cowboys Stadium in 2009, was actually a soccer game. And Mexico's, um, Mexico's national team constantly plays there, by the way. Remember when Bubuselas were a huge thing at the World Cup? That was in, what was it? It was at uh, 2010, South Africa. Damn, I was young. I still played soccer, actually. <laughs> I sucked at it. <laughs> I wasn't a great athlete. I have a friend in the local radio station here where I live that constantly jokes that, you know, us sports radio hosts or sports casters or streamers in this case are nothing but frustrated athletes. And I, <laughs> I don't disagree with that. Yep, says Professor O. Yeah, it was 2010, South Africa. Soccer games are really funny in person, says Professor O. Can't watch it on TV, though. So, you know, I'm from Mexico, a culture that, of course, you guys know is big on soccer. I love sports. My entire life is based around sports, whether it's football, baseball, uh, boxing, mixed martial arts, whatever it is. I will agree with you guys, though. I'm not that big of a soccer fan. That's the one sport that I cannot fall in love with completely. Now, the World Cup, though, oh, man, I enjoy it. I enjoy it big time. <laughs> Anyways, just a quick note in case some of you guys had missed the news. But moving on to the next topic, 
wanted to share you share with you another Pat McAfee clip. This time from himself. This time it's his opinion, not of a guest on the Cowboys canceling practice for a team bonding activity. They went and they played golf, as you guys know by now. They went to top golf. And Pat McAfee, a former NFL player, and AJ Hawk, another former NFL player, talked a little bit about why they thought it was great. They were excited about the idea. And I believe Pat McAfee makes a great point right here. So I wanted to share that with you before we got out of here. Learn about each other. But these things, that's the team part of it, right? Pat Maroon talked about it. Uh, any person that's ever had success in any sport at a high level talks about it. The teams that like each other are always better than the teams that don't. And the only way you can truly learn about each other and like each other is getting together outside of the building. I love what they're doing. I appreciate Big Mike not only looking like he's back in good tight end shape in college, looks like he's back ready to run Carson Street in Pittsburgh, but also that he understands these boys need to come together, hopefully around a keg, not really KLAJ. There you go. And then another thing. So... In case you were having a bad time or a hard time with the Cowboys canceling practice, just let me provide some perspective because it definitely is not that big of a deal. Let me provide some perspective for you guys. The 49ers ended their offseason program last week. And this is from The Athletic. A full week earlier than planned. The Steelers reduced their offseason from 10 practices to 6. The Bengals eliminated the mandatory requirement for minicamp. And even the Patriots and Bill Belichick work, uh, cut the offseason work by three whole days. So this is kind of a trend in the NFL. I don't want to say trend because we're talking uh, about a few teams only. But, you know, I don't think it's that big of a deal, even more so because we're seeing it on different teams. This might have to do a little bit more with the trend around the NFL of players not being fully into the OTAs as the or, or the offseason work in general as the union also tries to push towards players missing OTAs and all of that. And I was looking at the numbers. This is impressive, by the way. I don't know if, if you guys knew this. If you look at the CVA, the players get paid very few, uh, very little money to go and show up to these offseason workouts. They get $295 per day. So if you make it to all of the sessions for, for the offseason, you get $10,000. Now, of course, this is excluding those guys that have OTAs, workout bonuses implemented on their contracts, which are definitely the majority. Now, I've seen, I'm seeing some comments on the Cowboys getting fined again. Uh, not that I want to defend Mike McCarthy today. Not that that is the goal. Although it might look like it because I was defending his uh, decision to go play golf with the Cowboys and all of that. But Todd Archer from ESPN, who has been covering the Cowboys for a long time, did tweet out, and I will read this word, by, word for word, been covering the NFL offseason practices since 1997. That's more than I've been alive. And there's nothing different from a Mike McCarthy practice to any other coach that I've covered. Other than not actually practicing, I'm not sure what else he could do. Now, Todd Archer, I think he has a lot of credibility. I believe him on this one. 
And it's definitely a weird thing for, for the Cowboys to get fined again after they got fined in 2021. So I will give the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy the benefit of the doubt on this one. If Todd Archer is saying that it's the same stuff that we've been seeing every single year, I believe the ESPN reporter. And Michael says, that's why losing a practice next year does not matter. Craig says, the players feared Jimmy Johnson, and they played hard for him. Mike McCarthy has to become that type of coach. And yet, <laughs> and yet, aren't there, and I, I'm not saying this to hate on Jimmy Johnson. I would never. I know what Jimmy Johnson was all about. But also, I will argue that knowing and, and learning the history of the Dallas Cowboys Aren't there some wild, wild stories about the 90s Cowboys? But maybe, you know, the fan base maybe didn't complain because the Cowboys were winning ball games. Because I've heard some stories. And I think we've all have heard some 90s Cowboys stories that kind of go against the whole, ooh, the Cowboys fear Jimmy Johnson storyline. I would argue. Now, of course, that's not to judge Jimmy Johnson in, in a negative way. I just feel like I just feel like uh, some of those comments are usually overblown a little bit. Professor O says, "Yes, the '90s team did whatever the heck they wanted." Now, I will uh, granted, didn't get to watch them myself, but as I said, my my life revolves around sports and the Cowboys, right? <laughs> Toxic Tom. <laughs> I will not read that. It <laughs> no mo. <laughs> All right. That's a good comment by Michael. The 90s Cowboys were real, says Kevin Knight. The White House, says Gilbert. Yeah. Craig says certain players, but they performed on the field. And because they performed on the field, we just didn't complain about it. Keeping it real here on the show. We're, we're keeping it real. It wasn't necessarily because they feared Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> they were just super talented and they were killing it on the on the field. But anyways, <laughs> oh yeah. All right, before we get out of here, great the Eagles logo for me, please, because the Eagles announced a new font for their letter logo and it's something so do me a favor, and this is via at my sports update. Grade the Eagles new logo for me. What is this? Like, I know that we hate the Eagles. I know that Cowboys Nation is supposed to always hate the Eagles. But I will tell you, like, their logo has never been an issue for me. I think it was, although it might pain me to say this, I think it was kind of cool. But what in the heck is this new font they're using? That, <laughs> that seems to me like, you know, when I need to put together a graphic and um, I have no time to look for other fonts on the app that I use to make some of these edits. And I just go with the first thing that I find. 
Let's see some of your comments here. Michael says, what the hell is even that? Benjamin says, that new logo is trash. Uh, Professor O says, it looks worse. Trash like the Eagles for Bruce. Joshua says, I like the old one better. So he goes with the two. Did an intern make that? <laughs> Three out of 10 for Professor O. Kevin Knight goes with the F grade. Yeah, the old one was better, as Pace Matt is saying. I agree with that. Mark Andrew, die, Eagles, die. Edward says it sucks. So, yeah, people clearly not on board with the new Eagles logo. Listen, I get that the trends nowadays are, and I know that I, I know that this will sound like a boomer comment, and that's weird, maybe coming out of a 22 year old. But I get the whole minimalist trend. But doesn't it kind of suck for sports logos where there is tradition and all of that? Like, you know what this actually, you know what this made me think about? The new XFL logo. Because the new XFL logo also sucks. Don't you guys see some similarities there? And I know that, you know, the, the font itself is different. Like, it's just white on a solid color. The Eagles are bringing back the Kelly Green jerseys in 2023, says Professor O. Now, Craig says, well, they're not going to be trashed this year. Craig says, just like teams changing names, ridiculous. Well, but that's different because the teams that are changing names are changing the names because they offended communities. And I don't have anything, uh, you know, against changing those names. I agree with you, with Kevin here, the USFL logo. Now, that is a sweet one. Oh, Derek says, the XFL is still around. Wow, they will come back in 2023. Uh, look, look up the new logo. I don't have it loaded up right now. So I will owe you that one, uh, Derek. But go look it up. And the logo is kind of, kind of bad. Bruce says, Bruce, this is disrespectful, man. This is disrespectful. He says, Mo, it is the boneless wings of logos. No, the boneless wings of logos is, is you know, just being real, being real. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you enjoy your weekend. That will be all for me tonight. I hope that you enjoy game six of the NBA Finals. Hope that you have a fun Thursday night. Do me a favor though, before you get out of here and smash the like button. Share the stream if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. We are here Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to those of you who are fathers. Uh, make sure that you spend some quality time with your family. And I will see you on Sunday because the wait has just begun. The Cowboys will report back on July 25th for training camp. And until then, we'll find what to talk about. We'll find what to discuss regarding Dallas Cowboys. All right, my name is Mauricio Rodriguez. I will see you on Sunday, 8 p.m. Central. Thank you, guys. Enjoy your weekend.